It's the imminent threat, the Compton Mania Cowboy, Hellman Rosecrown, and you're watching Drinking with Moe's, Cali Strong for life. By the way. All righty. Welcome, everybody, Drinking at Moe's, host Big Mo. Be sure you two like, subscribe, all that good shit, because YouTube algorithms are pain in the ass. Hit the damn like button. We're on pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast. I am with me today, a guy that came recommended from past guests, Hellman Rosecrown. How you doing? I've been better physically and uh, mentally, emotionally. I'm all doing pretty much in the same regard. As you could see, I'm wearing sunglasses inside and I'm not your typical douchebag. At least I don't think so. I am recovering from a an attempted blinding at the hands of uh, Can't Stop Jamal, if you're familiar with the, the gentleman. I have uh, heard of him. And Aaron Glass, along with Paul London. Those three seem to be running in some sort of consortium, and they're uh, conspiring against yours truly, as you mentioned, Hellman Rosecrown. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, don't, don't like that. I definitely heard of him and, de- I mean, Paul London. I mean, lots of those that have watched wrestling as much as you or myself have definitely heard of him. So. <laughs> they always say, don't meet your heroes. How uh, true and bittersweet that really is. Yeah, I definitely, definitely heard that one. Uh, pardon me. My dogs are acting a little crazy right now. Dogs but, are barking. Oh, yep. My, my wife and I, we got a, Great Dane puppy and uh, English bulldog. Well, you got your hands full at home. Sounds sounds nice. Dogs are better than people in that regard, is they truly never stab you in the back. And unfortunately, some people like to beat down dogs or even use dog as a derogatory term. Some people, it's you know a term of endearment. But dogs get a bad rep, and they're the most loyal beings on this planet. So uh, I aspire to be like a dog. That you know what this very good point. You, you know, dogs are known as man's best friend, and there's that saying that goes around there's nothing more loyal than a good dog. It's true. And I, I don't know, they say some dogs are born like that, you know, but hey, I feel like I'm a natural born killer at times as well. So I don't hold that against them either. Nope, nothing wrong with that. You know, there are those that kind of get that bad rap but you know when you go to have to protect yourself i mean hey got to do what you got to do right absolutely i mean that's the name of the game this is a a fight game right uh, a combat yep. sport but anything can truly happen in there whether you plan or, or you know prep and got your game plan written down and you've practiced mm-hmm. it to a even you could slip a banana peel and the crowds yep. engage i've seen referees make mistakes and the simplest mistakes could be a career or life ending one. So you got to take everything you do in that ring very seriously. Oh yeah, no, definitely. The uh, famous example, I've actually had the good fortune of meeting this guy at one point, uh, referee Tim White, how he had. RIP if I, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Oh yes. Oh, it was some, some point last year and, yeah, he had his refereeing career cut short because of uh, 
injuries from, I believe it was the Hell in a Cell match. Oh, yeah. I, I know at one point uh, WWE documented he, his past with personal demons, which is another thing that plagues this industry, uh, let alone injuries are one thing, but we're all working hurt to some extent. And yeah. people do have different ways of coping mechanisms. That, that that is true some some healthier than others but you know we all have our ways of being able to work through different things and i'm glad he did as you mentioned he was still back he got back to what he loved which is truly a blessing oh yeah i met him when i went to becky lynch was at world wheels here in omaha and a friend of mine and I went, and he happened to be the one accompanying her that particular day. And, you know, I think he was a little surprised about some people being excited to meet him, too, because went up and asked him about taking a picture with him. It was like, oh, sh- sure. <laughs> I mean, he was there during a very, very iconic period in history, and the nostalgia effect kicks in for sure. But I would say, as I mentioned, he's. He's one of those refs that, or announcers even, that become a part of wrestling as, as much as any wrestler, if you will. Well, Howard Finkel, Mean Gene Okerlund, uh, Gorilla ooh. Monsoon on both sides of the, the table. Oh, yeah, no, most definitely. You have those people that are definitely iconic on multiple levels. First question that I like to get with everybody is what got you started as a fan and then what got you started you know, making the leap into wrestling well what got me started as a fan it's uh a very ambiguous question hard one to answer i i liken it to like what's your first memory that I yeah do you remember i don't know i mean vaguely i mean can i chronologically order it maybe it was when my uh my half-sister's husband or boyfriend at the time brought over Raw's War on mm. Nintendo or PlayStation, some, some system of that nature. But I had already known who Stone Cold was. I was already a big enough fan that he felt the need to introduce me. And my entire life, there was wrestling figures everywhere. So, yeah. I don't know, it's in my DNA. I've watched WWF, at least, the Attitude Era, since I was about four or five. No, yeah, no, I... I like asking that question because, you know, well, it can be hard at times to kind of nail down a specific point in time, a specific memory. A lot of people definitely have their stories of getting to see guys like Stone Cold, like a particular favorite of mine, the Road Warriors, and just some of the memories they have attached to those people and definitely some entertaining stories so it's a similar thing like i could totally understand someone saying and i've heard it before i was watching this match on tv and that's when i fell in love with it. but i was thinking how'd you get to that channel why did you stop flipping for me i was always waiting for monday night raw i was always waiting for smackdown on upn it, it was every thanksgiving it's on the background my food's i'm looking over my shoulder watching the screen I didn't have the luxury of pay-per-view and I was the only real wrestling fan in my house. So I would have to wait till the next day at school to talk about it and to figure it out until I got oh, a friend yeah. with a black box. And then we, that was around like 2003, 2002, mm. even like pay-per-views finally. Oh yeah. Nope. I was definitely in those same shoes where I was really the only 
wrestling fan in the house. My brother for a little bit, but I was the only one that stuck with it. And really the first ever pay-per-view that I actually got to watch live as it happened was WrestleMania 20. That's the first one I paid for with my own money. Me and my friend, and I was too young, I was like 13, me and my, maybe, I, maybe young, I don't know. But around that time, I think I'm, what, what year was that? I was like 12, whatever. Point being, me and my friend, we scrapped together some cash, and I bought that one on uh, Tiva. That shit was great. Mm. One oh, of the yeah. best pay-per-views to this day. The, the, the heel turn with Lita, or excuse me, with Trish and Jericho. Oh. Uh, amongst yep. other things, of course. But Oh, yeah, that was classic. And, I mean, they kind of erased one guy from understandably but but understandably so but it was definitely one of i got a benoit still. story for you oh yeah it, it's similar because i was gonna say so i never have a moment that i was watching or i was like i gotta be a wrestler i could do that too it's just always been a thing i i assumed i would be i didn't really have any other aspirations or skill sets other than maybe being a baseball player for the dodgers mm. but that was it i was going to be a wwf superstar one day whatever reason it took me so long you will get to that later but i eventually did go to some live shows with that friend i mentioned who had the black box and one of my i think my first smackdown i was playing baseball it was the playoffs we just i think i might have got the last out either i caught it or i threw it or i got the last run i i actually scored the last run that's what it was uh from the la uh from third base and as i crossed home plate i couldn't celebrate with the team because i had to run and get off to anaheim to see smackdown so velocity was great everything was cool but the first match of the main card was chris benoit versus i have no idea but i know second chris benoit's music hit and i wasn't a benoit fan or mark to that extent he was a great competitor i knew how good he was but i was an angle guy more so understandable just know when that music hit and his energy the crowd popped, and I've never to this day felt such electricity in my veins and excitement just from his entrance alone. And it's oh, hard with everything he's happened. But yeah. I no. hold that memory close. No, and that one, a good memory to hold on to and kind of not necessarily forget or forgive what happened, but some as a fan that you can kind of put it aside in a way to be like, you know what? I, for the time that I got to see him, that, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. And I have kind of a similar thing with the memory with the first time I got to see Stone Cold Steve Austin live Monday night raw. He was in a, maybe this might date me a little, but he was in a feud with Bret Hart and he ended up chasing around Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation with throughout the arena with a with an axe handle. Literally. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. And coincidentally, another memory attached to that show in particular, it was the night Owen Hart beat Rocky Maivia for the Intercontinental title. So yeah, it might be easy to pull that up. I, what year was that? 97, 96, maybe you think? Somewhere in there, and yeah, actually, I have gone on the the network. I don't even Peacock. I don't even know how they do it now. But when it was when it was just the network, I when it was actually, good, it, I went and looked up that title change date and went 
right to the network, looked up that show and watched the whole thing. Okay, it's good stuff. I mean, there's a lot to look back on, but for many reasons. As a fan, what were they doing that was getting everybody? It was such a cultural sensation in the, the zeitgeist. And that's what we're trying to, I guess, get back to now for revenue, at least. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of promotions out there that are doing a relatively good job of it. And promotions out there, schools that are doing a pretty damn good job of preparing their students like uh one that came up with you that i actually have somewhat of a connection with because when i was stationed in san diego this this school came and did some kind of a rivalry sort of deal with the promotion santino brothers so i i have some connection there and they become at this time I'm the redheaded stepchild of the Santino Rose family. But uh, that's the thing about family is I may have done something to make me the black sheep, or maybe it's time for me as the Comptomania cowboy to venture off and ride solo. But no matter if you're getting along with your brother or not, or you disagree with family, in the end, it's blood. And we, we came from the same and we're going to the end. Oh, yeah. No. And the way I like to think there's different schools out there that, you know, become kind of destination spots where like, if you tell somebody I came from here, that it's like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to that person. Santino brothers in my mind has been one, been one of a handful for the Southern California area. I mean, that was my thought as well when I initially said, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a wrestler, like physically, actually. It didn't happen, but I was looking up Knox Pro. And I don't know what was going on. They might have closed or relocated. So I didn't actually go there. I ended up going with Santino's a year or so later. And I'm glad I did. It's a great environment. Joey Chaos and Sylvia Munoz, who run the spot, they really do feel like a mom and pop to the rest of us, to the young cats coming up. And they have our back and they're guiding us. And I really like how they get you started with the basics and they hammer in the, the, the mentality, shaking hands, being responsible, set up, get there on time. It's kind of a club, but isn't everything? Everything's a club to an extent. Yeah. Once you're in, that's what you want to be. You want to be in the Santino's club, in my opinion. Definitely. Oh, no, definitely. If you're in that area and you're wanting to get started. It is definitely a place that, you know, people definitely want to pay attention to you when you have that name behind you. Well, and, and I had a odd coming up in Santino's because the pandemic just stopped mm. my training in its tracks. So I went and did their online courses uh, twice over and some of the points they were stressing were be prepared, get gear, have boots, be ready, just promos, character work, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Uh, I use a lot of my free time on Instagram to put out some artwork and promos. And it caught the eye of some promotions out here in San Diego because that's I'm from L.A. So I actually moved out here and started wrestling on a weekly basis and started wrestling without going through the Santino's uh, network. And I wasn't getting bookings by Hey Brothering anybody. And I never said, I'm a Santino's guy other than 
I wore my my Santino's gear and I would go to every Santino's event that I'm welcomed on to. It yeah. just it was a thing that I like say, hey, I'm Santino's. Look at me. It's almost to this point now that I'm Santino's, uh, but very discreetly because I'm not training there on a regular basis. So I, I want to just, you know, keep it 100 in that regard. I'm not using, using their name for clout. Oh, no, de- definitely. And, you know, I can understand that because, you know, if you're not there all the time, it's not like you want to be like, oh, I was there at one point, so I can just use that for. There are those that come for a few months, maybe not even that, a day even, and then they buy the shirt, they, they are part of the crew. But there's a big difference between being a Santino's guy, like uh, uh, Don Kubrick or Alonzo Alvarez, Lucas Riley. These are the guys that they've groomed from the beginning and have been there and have, it's blood, sweat, and tears thing. And it's almost like a union. There's a seniority in this business, in this game, and you have to respect those who paved the way. No, most definitely, because without those people that paved the way, then it's like you wouldn't have a spot to be where you're at. Um, Right, and they impart a lot of wisdom because that, the upperclassmen, they come in and they're they're essentially student trainers, if you will. Oh, yeah. No, there's a promotion that's on a little bit of a hiatus right now out here that they definitely have their they have their students, but all the guys that have been around for a while, you know, they'll rotate in and out and do similar thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everywhere, at least of a certain caliber run on the same um, schematic, just the bare bones. After that, there's a little flavor, you know, you texture the meat and then everyone has their own recipes, but same ingredients. Oh yeah. Um, you mentioned at the start, a little bit of a, you know, recovering from injury. You know, I know that, happened recently you oh got yeah any, I think like, less than a week ago i mean it's, it's not even saturday yet so yeah this last weekend uh a crime was attempted in compton which unfortunately isn't that uncommon but i'm wearing the shirt where are you from currently because where are you from that's a big deal where i'm from in los angeles and maybe i'm not from the roughest parts of town and initially i hail from pile driver creek but try finding that on a map the thing is i live in compton mania compton mania ville it's a town it's a collection it's a community of people the whole town truly does come out to support what we do and that's something that separates that promotion from lots of other promotions in the general area oh yeah no and the mayor counted a one two three for a championship victory i mean show me another city another town do another company doing that oh no i wouldn't be able to name one off the top of my head i know i think it was a councilman if i'm not mistaken but scratch that either way same thing oh yeah no same same sort of same sort of deal and you know it's nice when you have a community like that being able to, you know, just go in and support the promotion, doing everything you're doing. Because, you know, like you mentioned, Southern California, they're 
is quite an abundance of promotions out there that, you know, when you can have a solid group supporting and behind you, definitely a good thing because these days, you know, some crowds might dwindle at times and then come back. You have a good crowd always behind you. Good thing. Well, the crowd there is a fresh market and they're growing. So that's why I like that it's a constant, uh, it's always something new. Whereas I feel like not to knock any, I'm not getting political here at the Southern California mm -hmm. scene, but it seems like they promote a card and they promote another card and there's no continuity and they are using the same talent and there's no real flavor between the different brands. Mm -hmm. If you, will. I mean, you want water, you're going to grab a bottle, but are we checking price tags or I like Dasani and I don't know why I heard they got salt in it and that, that's what it does it for me. So everyone picks their poison essentially. But no, it, what, it, no, oh, I, I, I wanted to ask you a question actually, if I could flip the table on you. Oh yeah, no, by uh, all means. Who recommended me for the interview since you mentioned somebody uh, threw my hat in the ring? It was um I think he goes by Enoch the Enlightened. I, I kind of had that spidey sense, if you will, because you know, sometimes we get along, we see eye to eye. Oftentimes, he's my guiding force in this business. Other times, don't turn your back on him because he may just hit you in it. Just to teach you a tough lesson. But he's the enlightened one for a reason. And I will say, lots of my bookings have come and opportunities have come because he has done such a job at putting my name in places that I believe it should be. But as I mentioned, I don't put my name out there enough. I just show up. I kick ass and I go home, which is why I, I view Compton as a home. But other than that. All right, everybody. One, two, thank the sponsor today, Reaper Apparel. One, two, encourage everybody to break out of the comfort zone, live their best self, which I very much support. They got great apparel, hats, shirts, beanies, hoodies, all that good shit. Be sure when you go on to reaperapparel.com, use the code DRINKIN for 10% off your order. Let's fucking go. No, and that's, that's always good to have somebody behind you that, you know, when you might not necessarily be getting your name out to one place, that person will be right there behind you getting it there. Yeah, Enoch truly is, yeah, a smart guy. But I'll put it to you this way. I'm supposed to cross paths with him a couple weeks from now. He's going to be involved at World Wrestling Zone and even Valley Wrestling Connection. Currently, we're not seeing eye to eye. So I'm hoping he keeps his distance from my new tag team partner, Rick Ellis and myself, because oh. we're looking to, to body everybody. Truly. Oh, we bring up Rick Ellis, another uh, actual good friend of mine. I was actually talking with him earlier today, earlier this evening. I got a little thing I'm having him involved in. And let me tell you, when it comes, they say first impressions are everything. First impression I had of this guy, like the intensity that that man was showing was like 
nothing I had seen to that point. You're talking Rick Ellis, yeah? Yeah. That's what he is. He's a dynamo, and he has shades of the dynamite kid. And you talk about Chris Benoit. I see a lot of similar intense qualities, and that's why we gel. I mentioned earlier, this is something you have to take seriously, and a lot of people mm-hmm. make jokes. Well, for me, I'm dead serious because it's truly that, life and death when you're in there. Oh, and you know, funny thing when you brought up Dynamite Kid and Chris Benoit with him, when I had him on the podcast, this was a while back, I actually told him that when I first saw him, he reminded me of Benoit, that intensity, just that that stare that he had when he was going to the ring was just something, something else. Well, absolutely. And that's a complimentary trait, I would imagine, from anybody, but let alone coming from someone. I, You seem like a guy who knows what you're talking about. You've seen it all. You've been around this game for a while. So... I'd like to think that I've seen my fair share and know quite a bit. I've been lucky to have some pretty good opportunities thrown my way. Got to be a part of Warrior Wrestling in their fan fest in St. Louis. Getting to talk to, uh, well, Jonah, but now Bronson Reed. Since he's back in WWE, got to talk to him. I actually him around when he was in New Japan, and I think he was under the name Jonah at that point. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, got some time to talk to him. Very cool guy. Very cool. Oh, yeah. And got to be actually featured in one of their more recent uh, pay-per-view pre-shows. So, it's like the opportunities that I've been able to get through being I consider myself somewhat knowledgeable of the subject it, it's been it's been great see that's the thing uh unless you've been on this side of the fence brother um that's one way but I mean all of us get into it for our own reason and having a keen eye and being a movie buff you don't have to have ever made a film or been on a set but there are people out there that know what's good and what's not good and that's why we have movie critics and that's why Everything is determined by the consumer. That is definitely true. Well, to kind of round off things here, I have two categories I like to uh, round things off with. One's a bit of a name game. I try to go doing my homework. I try as much as possible to kind of tailor it to the guests where like, I'll go through matches or shows where you've at least been on the same card as somebody, you give me your thoughts on them. All right. We'll see how this, how this goes. <laughs> I, it, it, it's gone pretty interesting at times. First one, a guy that I've had on the show, a guy who recently just had a pretty intense match there with Rick Ellis, Adam Ginsberg of West Coast Wrestling Company. Uh, one word, or am I just going to ramble off some thoughts? Uh, yes, sentence or so. I'm going to say heat, because I don't know what direction the fire is coming from, but there's definitely some heat when him and I are in the same room together. And I've worked for him a few times, and maybe I called out of a show or two that rubbed him the wrong way with proper notice in advance. But, hey, I get it. 
literally, I'm quoting him. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Other than that, I think he's has a personal issue with me, and I, I'm not a bad judge of character. And at this point, only three years into the wrestling business, I'm done giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going off of my gut instinct because it hasn't failed me yet. Mm-hmm. And I'll step in the ring with him anytime because he looked pretty darn good. I've seen him training for that match, and I got to say, he's looking like he should put down the headset and put back on the boots. And I'll leave it at that. I, the bits I've been able to see of the match so far, I would have to agree. Wouldn't mind getting to see him getting back in there. Another person on the list here, somebody that I've talked a little bit about being on the show, but uh, Kid Bandit. Friend of me. Because... We started together. We actually started in multiple groups together. Uh, I was in a group called the Young Guns and in the formation. They were a part of that. Prior to that, we were founding members of a group called the Anti-Saviors. And we took it to MPW and we tried to reclaim the Santino Bros Championship from the hands of Ray Rosas. All of that was unsuccessful, however. And Kid Bando, on the other hand, has been very successful. They have skyrocketed to the top of this industry in short order, with everything they've done on Twitter and every avenue they've had, they've seemed to walked out unscathed. And that's what rubs me the wrong way, is at one point I tried to give some guidance when it was perhaps needed, and I was shunned and pushed away. And now it, I've been proven wrong, and I'm itching to just kind of Take back what's mine. And I want that recognition from Kid Bandit. Something I have never truly received. No, everybody gets to that point where they want that recognition, especially when they have a history with that person. Next up, we talked a little bit about him. You mentioned being uh, partners with the man, Rick Ellis. It's a new partnership. So there's much to be seen for like truly what is our potential i know both of us individually have a lot of potential and then when you put that those combustible elements together it's like playing with chemistry you could either blow yourself up or you could come up with a brand new cure and that's what we're looking to do to cure this industry of the tag team division problem that seems to plague it from top to bottom and if we come in as a united force nothing will stop us from rising to the top i Definitely agree. Knowing what I know of him and getting to know you a little bit. I know when you two are uh, United Front, (laughs) there ain't going to be no damn stopping you. That's what I'm saying. Hell, us all the way. Next up, last but not least, another former guest of the show, Biggie Biggs. I faced him. I didn't get flattened to a pancake, but they sure tried. And I'm talking about him and Tony Reyes, the heavy hitters. I'm not sure if they're rolling as a United Force uh, currently, but I do know in a few weeks' time, Biggie Biggs is going to be teaming up with another member of that group I mentioned, the Anti-Saviors, my good friend, Richie Coy. A boy named Richie Coy, in fact. And I'm Hellman. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Richie Coy in their place. I'm going to put Biggie Biggs in his place. Because the fact is, 
I'm teaming with Rick Ellis again. It's Hellis once again. And the thing that we like to do more than anything is prove people wrong. And what's better than toppling the big and turning up something beautiful into something ugly? It's just fun. Fun for me, at least. I, I can see the appeal to it, you know, proving people wrong and being able to put somebody in their place, as you said, definitely has Ricky this Coy is another another one from Santino's. Let's, let me put it back to you, though, because we started in a similar path and they're blossoming now into a beautiful wrestler, a wrestler of a thousand holes. A thousand snapmares, actually, but I haven't actually shaken hands with Richie Coy since they slapped, they chopped, they smacked the skin off my chest. Shoot, for two weeks I was without skin on my chest, and I'm sorry, but a triple threat match does not call for that, especially when my third opponent walked out unscathed. Yeah, seems like they were definitely uh, targeting. You and I pretty much forgetting about the other guy. That's why I'm preferring tag team matches from now on. I want someone to watch my back. Have these th- triple threats turn into muggings all the time. No, and you know, i pretty big fan of uh, tag team wrestling myself. I had on, I consider them pretty damn big legends in the business. Hell, they invented the damn Spanish fly, the SATs had them on they become pretty good friends of mine gonna be uh, having them on again here sometime soon well hey i'll tune in i'm definitely gonna watch some past episodes and see what some of your other guests have said see if my name has come up if anyone says my name if it comes in their mouth i'm definitely coming back for a rebuttal Put it hey, to you that you're definitely welcome back anytime next up i have a bit of a random question around some might be wrestling related some might not be you answer how you see fit first one craziest in match moment so many because i i just my whole career is a crazy in match moment uh first match ever uh i just went to san diego to start training for physically and they're like oh yeah you're ready to go here you'll start wrestling on friday on saturday so like Tuesday, I'm wrestling Saturday, my first match. My opponent and I, you know, we saw each other in the back. I'm getting my boots on. Then as we're coming out, I see my opponent again, and I have no idea what my theme song is. So I had to ask them, is this your song or mine? And they're like, uh, that's you. So I ran out there with all this fire and anger, and I realized, oh, yeah, nobody knows who I am. I should probably smile a little bit. So <laughs> it, was, it was a little awkward. I had a, a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, my jacket i was like wrestling with my jacket so it was a i've also wrestled a guy i'm killing myself for not even knowing his name now that's 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 horrible rest in peace but there was a show that i i was wrestling a triple threat a six tag six man tag i don't even know because it's a lucha show lucha match and yeah everyone was running on lucha time so my opponent hadn't quite got there yet and now we're five minutes till our match. And I'm told my opponent's in the six man is going to be replaced with some girl who had great gear, top notch gear, but she hadn't actually had a match or actually had done any formal training yet. But I'm going to have to wrestle her. 
which is already, I don't think I'd had an intergender match yet, but it's a part of a six man tag. So we'll make it work. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden my opponent walks in, there's no communication because obviously they speak another language. We get in there. It was the first time I've ever been in a tree of woe. First time I've ever been uh, split on the top rope. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, and we didn't really have any talk. We, we didn't talk at all. We fought with the language of violence and it was a beautiful thing because it proved to me sometimes I can be as prepared as I want and you never know what life's going to throw at you. And unfortunately at our next show, we were memorializing him at, at the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I, sorry, he slipped my mind. His name has slipped my mind at the moment. Yeah, it, it's all good. I know I've had people had one on relatively recently that, you know, you bring up kind of a language barrier. He had a match against great Muda of all people, you know, with everything that he's been in the news with, with uh, his career winding up and talked a little bit there about the language barrier that they had in that, but things turned out great. Yeah. I mean, some, if you're truly good at what you do, there's a certain different language to everything. There's a, a language of language of dance, and it does transcend that of verbal communication. And that's what we're trying to do. You're trying to go around the world and share your art craft with people who you may not be able to communicate with otherwise. And it's a beautiful thing when you get it to work. That is for sure. Next question. Favorite food? I'm basic, man. I could every time I ask that question, it's steak, burger. Yeah, I'm, I got an answer for you though, because I've eaten this every single day for literally the last month straight. Popeyes, their chicken sandwich, love that. Straight up, it's good price. Get the app, you stack up points. It's only a trolley ride away. I, I've only had it the one time, but I do like the the spicy version of it. The spicy yeah, version of it. Oh, yeah. Extra pickles, too. Got to do it. Oh, yes. Sounds delicious. Next. Uh, guilty pleasure. You know, you're looking here at the Phoenix Vulture. It's a little dark. That's the symbol of the war devil. It's a part of me that I like to acknowledge. Something that it's in all of us. The imminent threat. It is inevitable we're all going to die we're all going to perish our time is fleeting i just acknowledge the fact that all of the darkest tendencies and all of my dark thoughts aren't just mine alone and that puts me at ease knowing that these guilty pleasures that people like to hide from and act that are sinful and that they're that they want to be forgiven for i don't need to be because i know i'm a good person and i know the things that i do are for just cause. Then no reason to feel bad about it at all, right? Next up, last but not least, another question I like to ask a lot. Best advice for anybody wanting to get into wrestling? Do they live in Los Angeles area? Go to Santino's. That's always my answer. Uh, Start at the Santino Bros YouTube channel. A lot of great instructional videos there. No matter if you're training elsewhere, you might as well always want to, you know, see something from another perspective. And Joey Chaos has that perspective that's very digestible. Other than that, join your local school. Stay in shape. Believe in yourself. 
and just know the only thing stopping you is yourself because this is a business that used to keep people out and it doesn't do that quite as much anymore, but you have to make yourself belong and there's a spot for everyone everywhere. Oh yeah. And you bring up a couple good points. One with the, the Santino brothers, YouTube channel. I've actually watched a handful of those instructional videos and they are pretty great the way he breaks everything down and another good point you brought up there with uh believing in yourself because i actually just had this conversation one to say last night actually with the guest i recorded with it's like if especially in pro wrestling but really in life in general but we'll stick with wrestling if you're not going to believe in yourself the promoter for one isn't going to believe in you and the crowds you're going to go in front of definitely aren't going to believe a damn thing you're doing. Yeah, I will say that's one thing I might do to a fault is I don't believe my own hype. But when I'm in the ring, I believe everything I'm doing. And I get so lost in that character, so lost in who Hellman Rosecrown is, I lose myself. And I that could come with, you know, a double-edged sword. It, it can, but in... For people, fans like myself, who I gravitate towards those guys that kind of ooze that intensity. And, you know, if you're getting lost in your character and all that, definitely can be pretty intense. Another moment that just came off top, because I have so many that like slipped my mind. Crazy things, (laughs) unexpected things, unplanned moments. But uh, shout out to the mighty Tortuga. Uh, he wrestles out of SoCal Pro, uh, One Ring Circus. A lot of very, he's their champion currently, One Ring Circus champion. And I faced him there previously. And one time, en- Enoch, the enlightened one, he actually misdirected Tortuga away from me around the post. And we actually had no time to talk about it. I was so looped, so dazed. It happened so instinctually that I had no time to react. I just threw a drop kick on the outside on the cement shoot. And it was such a beautifully timed perfect drop kick and it got him right on the button uh it was so perfectly timed i got sent a cartoon from an illustrator and again i love to pull his name up at the moment but i'm drawing such a blank uh it just shows that like i believe it and it's real when it's real it truly is it truly is real and it's a magic thing especially on the children's faces because i was starting to get very disillusioned in this game Mm. and then I saw the children reacting at a Compton Mania event and just, and even an amped up wrestling event that was done on 77th street in the middle of the block. So that's really the community coming out. And when you're affecting children and people with disabilities, you have to step back and realize it is bigger than you and your ego. Oh, no. And I can definitely agree. I know myself not really having besides some spot stuff with some wrestler friends of mine here. I have had some people recognize me at different shows. They're like, are you? And I'm like, yeah, that, that'd be me. And just in a way similar, knowing that you, you have somebody out there that's enjoying what you're putting out there. And it's, it's something that is hard to describe. Yeah. I done live theater as a, as a kid. In fact, when I did that theater, it was a part of um, a school unified district where they would come out and do assemblies, or should I say, 
was a field trip and yeah. I'd even go to schools and I would teach them classic literary stories that were adapted for modern audience. So I've actually interacted with the youth and done live production for a while, but wrestling is just such a different blend because people do like to crap on it. And I've spent yeah. a whole, you want to talk about guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure in life is wrestling. Right. That's It truly is. And I've hit it for so long that I finally realized that like, it's whatever other people got weirder things they're into. Let's keep it. Oh here. yeah. Nope. I can definitely agree and understand with that one because I've definitely had times where, you know, people, when I talk about wrestling to be like, Oh, you know, that's fake. Right. And I'm like, uh, you know, the Avengers aren't an actual thing. <laughs> all that and the old way would have been maybe to beat a reporter down and to prove how tough guys we are you know or to fight yeah. someone at a bar you know i'll still fight someone at a bar and i've done it but not necessarily to defend wrestling maybe to defend my woman or something but the thing is nowadays the way i like to prove those doubters wrong is by doing it in such a way that even they aren't sure wait a minute you know and i've done that yeah. and i've seen it as well Nope, and that that's definitely the the magic of it is when you can have those moments where people might go into the show thinking that uh, it, it predetermined, as I like to say it. But you know, you make them wonder for a second, like I I don't know. So that's the great part about this business. If you're doing it. In certain ways, a lot of it will be very predetermined. My career has been very on the fly because my opponents are so random. My locations are so random, the time in advance. And this is the thing that like, even if you've planned it all, you punch in the face, your plan goes out the window. Oftentimes we just call the bare bones a minimum, like, all right, the X, Y, Z, we'll see you out there. But really that's why I said it's real as it can get because have them step in the ring because I'm sore every day. I, my neck hurts all the time. I'm falling on the cement. I'm not a deathmatch wrestler, but I mean, I did get glass smashed in my face, and it, it, it's no joke. How about that? Well, oh yeah, no, I've I've done some training with uh, some of the friends here, and taking even the simple bump in that ring. I, the last time I did it, I was walking funny for about a week. Oh, yeah. When I started, I wanted to quit because the ropes it took a month or a half for me to get used to that. There was welts on my back every day. I honestly thought how to get people. If I can't, I, I thought I was a bitch. I thought if I can't run the ropes, I not cut out to be a wrestler. And yeah. I was pretty much the top of my class when I started out first in line for everything exemplary, the basics. But this wrestling is so much more than just a set of choreographed maneuvers because i trained in amateur wrestling was the same thing you drilled you drilled but when live wrestling ensues anything can happen it's hey. cardio oh, yeah. is king. cardio is king i'll leave it at that oh yeah definitely well that is about all i have i want to give you the chance if uh you know where can people find you so you know, they don't already have their eyes on you. They can go ahead and get them there. Well, if you doubt it, learn more about it on Instagram at the underscore imminent underscore threat. 
I'm on Twitter too at War Devil Pro, I believe, but I don't really talk much. So just Google it. Hellman Rose Crown. You'll find me somewhere. And if you want to see me live this Saturday, February 4th, then you can come on down to World Wrestling War Zone. Yeah, something like that. WWZ. Again, it's on my Instagram. And it means and it makes no difference what show you come to because the outcome's the same. It's over. Love it. Well, like I said, that is about all I have for tonight. Want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me and Yep, best of luck yeah. this weekend. Well, this weekend, next weekend, I think the weekend after that. Finally, things are starting to pick back up in this new year. I took kind of a holiday break in the action. Although, do check out Pandemonium Pro Wrestling on IWTV, and you can see myself in a Hollywood Classic gauntlet match against the likes of Alan Angels and Sonico, amongst others. But those are the two that I mixed it up there with. So feel free to check it out. And uh, okay. yeah, I'll see you next time. Next time, have a drink though. I'll have a shot as well. Yeah, Gatorade. Oh, okay. I see you. <laughs> but, you know, like I said before, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you, sir. Take care.